For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or crestwooddental.com. It is the last minute blues podcast game number five of the Stanley Cup final tonight. Donnie Fandango, Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton, and uh, you know, gentlemen, it's really a shame that we don't get along while we do this podcast. It's a fr- it's just really a shame that I we just don't have any the two fun. of you off each other to to start this, and I think it was aggression. I'm we not. Ca- sure. We call it wrestling, right. <laughs> or wrestling. I don't well, know why you guys had to take your belts off, but okay. Well, we Belt. are we're in a place that that I've never been before. Yeah. Game five of the final series tied two games apiece. You know, uh, it's a best time at this point. How you guys feeling? You know what? I'm going to go off the board with the feeling question. Jamie, yeah. you are from where originally? Ottawa, Canada. Okay. When you were growing up, did did any of your teams that you follow get this far in the Stanley Cup? And if so, how did you handle it? Because Donnie and I, not handling not it Not well. handle it well. It was an interesting dynamic at the Rivers House. I know you find that probably hard to believe. Yes. yes. Uh, since you've met my father. Yes. <clears throat> Anyways. Um, yeah. So, at my house, my mom was a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, and my dad was a Montreal Canadiens fan. We did not have the Ottawa Senators yet mm-hmm. at that point. So, um, Toronto was always kind of sort of a good team, but Montreal, the history there is, you know, they had a ton of championships. And so, we were fortunate to have lived two Stanley Cup championships for the Montreal Canadiens while I was growing up. And it was pretty cool. I mean, I was young, and my brother and I would go outside and, like, I don't know, go crazy and yell and scream, and then we uh, pick up hockey sticks and want to play and pretend we're the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> so cool. You know, all that you know, kid stuff. That, But I remember it, obviously. Still talking about it today. But, yeah, it was pretty wild, and my dad would, you know, he would get crushed and watch some or uh, drink some whiskey and not remember things for a week. <laughs> Yeah, but what about during the hockey play? Yeah, but that's <laughs> hey, hey. Did it did it cause? Because uh, we all know, obviously, down here that uh, up in America's hat up there, hockey is super, super, super more serious, or at least what it was back then. Was there actual animosity, or was it good, good natured ribbing, you know, towards your father or whatever? Yeah, no, there was like some real animosity, and my grandparents would come over, and they were split too on the Montreal Canadiens and Toronto Maple Leafs. So when they played each other, like hockey night in Canada, Maple Leafs versus Canadians, like yeah, the house was divided. That's awesome. Oh yeah, the, there were some f bombs flying around. I know, <laughs> again, that's hard to believe, right? Yeah. <laughs> but f bombs are flying around the Rivers house. Well, we, I mean, we've got a lot to talk about here, guys. Uh, I think, I guess, the most logical place to start is Daniel Chara and the injuries that are happening now with Boston. I, I think at this point, just the way that I'm looking at this, this dude is going to play tonight. And uh, I think the question then becomes how effective can he be in, in the in the situation that he's in playing with the broken jaw? Yeah, because um, I think it's going to be an emotional boost for the team. I really do. Maybe but, at least initially. Yeah, but physically, how much can he really help? Yeah, those are good questions, guys. And I'll take you back to 
I forget the year now because I've been hitting the head a lot. Right. Sure. Um, but we played the Phoenix Coyotes in the playoffs, and Jeremy Roenick came back for them like two games into the series, and he had a broken jaw, and he had this great big Darth Vader-looking thing that he wore, and it it spiked them, and they jumped ahead 3-1 in the series. Now, obviously, that tapered off. We came back, and we won in seven double overtime. Boom. Bam. <laughs> Baby. Was that, was that a broken jaw from the Al McKenna shot? No, he, oh, okay. it was broken jaw from uh, right before the playoffs had started. He wasn't supposed to play. Somehow, some way, they glued him back together. They okay. put on this crazy Darth Vader-looking thing, and he played. And it was a big emotional boost for that team. So I'm expecting this to be a big boost, too. He's a leader. He's, you know, he's the guy. He's Big Z. Now, the catch to all this is it's going to be interesting to see if he's actually medically cleared or not. Because the doctors, uh, there's a lot of responsibility because the team has a certain amount of insurance on a player. And, you know, for legal reasons, they don't want to have a guy get hurt and then they're held liable because they shouldn't have cleared him. So if the doctor clears him, then there's no worries. You know, that and he's cleared to play. That means they've all gotten together and they think that he's able to go. That's on the doctor's. The doctors don't clear him, and Zdeno wants to play anyways. Then there's a whole stack of papers that's called a waiver, and him and the lawyers will have to go through it and figure out if he can actually sign them and if the team will accept them, if legally it'll be accepted, because then it would relieve the Boston Bruins and their medical staff of anything to do with it. And it is, so, it's quite the thing. Wow. So it's not a waiver like you said, uh, walking into Sky Zone before you put your socks on to jump on the trampoline. It's a little more involved. Yeah, and to put it in perspective, if that waiver, something went squarely with it, you wouldn't see it on Judge Judy. You'd right. see it in like a major court yeah. that would have to handle that because there'd be millions of dollars involved. Will we be able to know if he's medically cleared or not, or are they going to try? I mean, I would assume they're going to try to keep this as hush-hush as possible. What The verbiage will be... Uh, one of two things. One, they'll say he's medically been cleared, which that speaks for itself. And the other way they'll say it is he's been cleared. So if he's not medically cleared and he's been cleared, means that he signed some papers, they've gone through it. So he's cleared to play legally, but not medically. Wow. I know, right? You got to listen closely tonight then when, uh, when, when they announce. The NHL is so shady with all their injury stuff. It's so weird. And that's not even shady. It's right. just... You just don't come forward with all the information. It's, it's crazy. You know it's bad when Jeff is calling anything shape. Right. <laughs> just say it. Uh, I wanted to, to bring up um, Ryan well, O'Reilly. Actually, no, hang on. I didn't even answer your real question yeah. on that. I got sidebarred on that one. Yeah. It's because Jeff is sitting here what without a, a shirt on again. <laughs> it does My it apologies. to us every time. Weird. Um, anyways, yeah. To, if Chara plays, then you know what could his ultimate performance be out there? I don't know. He's going yeah. to be restricted from breathing, and, yeah, he's way up there. But you finish a hit on a guy like that, and that, that motion of being jarred all the time, that's going to go right through his jaw. And you can only pump in so many drugs into a guy before he literally is sitting there slobbering on himself. Sure. That is true. I've, I've actually researched <laughs> that. Once again, <laughs> yeah. Jeff, yeah. Yeah. being the consummate professional. A hundred percent. Somebody's got to do it, man. <laughs> he he went it. ahead and, and did that to himself just so we could have accurate right. information yes. on uh-huh. that. I'm yeah. going to skip the question I was going to ask and ask this, this next one because it plays into what you just said, Jamie. So th- this quote was made by... Uh, by Coach Cassie for for the Bruins the other day, where he said he wondered if the Blues were inspired by slowly chipping away at our health. And that, to me, almost sort of kind of has the underlying tone that maybe the Blues are playing a little too dirty or along those lines. 
I just don't see this series as being dirty from either team, and I really do not like this storyline that's coming out of Boston that the Blues are playing dirty. That's why players are injured, and that's why they're not at 100%. That is a load of baloney. Well, to me, it has the underlying thing of you're a whiner or a baby. Right. And, I mean, little... and we've gotten under the skin, that sort of thing, right? Yeah, I mean, look, they, they're called the big bad Bruins, and they put a hurt on everybody all year long because they had such a big physical team. Boo-hoo frigging who yeah. right now. I'm sorry. And we're playing hockey on top of it, for Christ's sake. David... It's not a tennis match. It's not a tennis match, right? No, it's no yeah. not, not anymore. All right. Um, <laughs> David Backus has hit guys from behind in the face. Guys, have done, it's listen, it's going back and forth. For any one team, let alone the head coach, to highlight that is absurd. And But I'll tell you what I do. I like it. Yeah. Do you know why I like it, Donnie? Because now the officials are keyed in on what he said about the penalties like, in, like before game five or before game four when Barubi said that line that eventually seemed like it sort of evened things up maybe in game number four. Is that what you're kind of talking about? Not at all. No, okay. No. All right. But that was good. That was well, good. Man, it, was my, it was my try, man. It's my try. That's why we got Jamie here. I oh, almost my. felt bad halfway through that. I I'm know. Like... I was like, he's not getting it. He's not. Let me guess, and I don't think I'm right either, because now you've gotten into the coach's head? Is that not right You're either? You're closer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Closer. In your face. So All here's right. where we're at. The St. Louis Blues, from day one that Craig Bruby has taken over, it's been about the team and what they can do and what they can control, and nothing has bothered them. Right all the way through even, you know, hand pass gate. They, they just moved on and came back the next game and won and obviously came out ahead in the series, advanced to the Stanley Cup final. It has not been their mission to whine and complain and things. Yes, Craig Bruby said one little subtle thing. Just to kind of make it like, I think it wasn't so much for the media or the refs. I think it was more for his own team that if they listened to anything, they'd hear him saying that, although I don't forgive you for all these dumb penalties, some of them may not be your fault. So I'm not completely angry at you. There's a whole little Jedi mind thing that goes on there. But to me, the big thing that stands out is Bruce Cassidy sat, sat up at the podium and he's done more talking about the St. Louis Blues, the penalties, the officiating, than his own team. Now, that could also be a tactic. Let's take the attention off how bad my team, especially my first line, how badly they're playing, and let's talk about something different. It could be a strategy. There's a lot of mind games going yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what? Before your question, any coach that rolls out Marchant on a nightly basis is going to call another team dirty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is a, kick yeah. rocks, pal. <laughs> there is kick that, rocks. too. I wonder, is that dude hurt? Do you think he's hurt? He does not. I'm afraid to say this as of right now before game number I would five. Be You're poking very the bear. careful, yeah. wheels. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You got it. Don't Ryan O'Reilly had a really great game on game number four, there right? There we go. Yeah. All right. He, he, he really did. Yeah. But, I mean, seriously, though, what, what a tremendous game from O'Reilly the other night. And maybe that trade has got to be up there in one of the best trades in Blues history. I mean, and I know they still have two first-rounders coming in Buffalo, you know, and they can make something of that. But at this point, man, that is just a steal. That guy is a beast. He's my favorite player on the team, man. Well, he's done such a great job of coming in from day one and setting the tone with his leadership. You know, he's first guy on, last guy off. He does all these crazy things that we see on the internet about how his preparation is, and it never, ever changes. Whether they're winning or losing, he's always going to the rink, working hard, preparing. And it's just a great pickup for the St. Louis Blues. And how crazy is it that the Buffalo media, halfway through the season, when they came to town or the Blues went to Buffalo, 
uh, to play a game, they talked about, well, yeah, he does this, but, you know, he didn't want to play. He doesn't have that desire. He doesn't because they thought that, oh, he quit on the Buffalo Sabres. Well, when you flip that around and you listen to what he's actually saying is he feels like the Buffalo Sabres as an organization gave up on the team mm-hmm. because they didn't have coaches and people that would hold themselves accountable or work hard or show up and do the right things. And you start doing that. Think about that for a second. You guys show up for radio every day, and you're working your tails off. Jeff, you get up early in the morning. Donnie, you put in endless hours. You guys are doing all these public appearances. Imagine you have somebody on your team that doesn't put in all that work but still wants to be on the shows and still wants to be, mm-hmm. right? Then you're yeah, going to be yeah. like, well, screw this. Right, yeah. You know, I'd rather go to a station or whatever, blah, 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 that people are all of the Everybody's same mindset. Everybody's all in. Yeah, that's every, right. Everybody is all in. So that's the in. best way I can kind of, you know, relay that. So uh, we're, 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 I keep saying we. Is that weird to say we? At no. this point, I don't think so, You don't so, think man. so? Okay. I mean, we're, it's pretty deep at this point. Yeah, I've had this right. conversation, by the way, and it's really weird because as I'm talking, like if I do Fox Sports or ESPN 101 and talk with you guys, I always say, I, I don't always, I slip into the we a lot yeah. of times. Yeah. And people have corrected me, oh, it's the St. Louis Blues. Right. And I'm like, but it's kind of weird because I'm a former player, so I, I realize I'm not currently a player, but the city and myself and former players all feel like it's our team, like we're one. So when I say we, I'm not meaning like me, the player. I mean, we is in St. Louis, so it gets confusing. So, Jeff, right. I forgive you. Thank you very much. And I do know the team is okay. <laughs> I, do, I, knew, though, I do know the team is okay with us saying we because they. I think you mentioned it. That means the community has wrapped their arms yes. around the team, so that's good. Yeah. But the team as your St. Louis Blues, when they get to Boston tonight or they, they get on the ice tonight, it's going to be hostile. Obviously, they're going to be going crazy. It's a huge game. Let's say Chara's back. Everybody's going crazy. As a coach, and you are a former coach, and you coach kids all the time, what's your message to them to, to fight that onslaught right at the beginning and just and not wilt right away? What do you say to the team? Keep it simple. Let's avoid turnovers. That is the number one enemy at that point because if you turn the puck over, you give them momentum with the puck to create something offensively. And if you turn it over, you let them get to you physically as well because you're not possessing the puck. You're not in control of the game. Therefore, physically, they can get to you, and then on the scoreboard, they can get to you. So managing the puck is a huge thing. Make sure that if you're in trouble at all, you're not looking for the difficult plays. Get it up the wall. Advance the puck. I always say keep moving it forward until you can't go any farther. And at that point, you're at the farthest point from your net, which means they shouldn't score. Right. <laughs> That's right. simple And there's rules. a decent chance you could score because the puck chance, is down right. there. Yeah. That's right. And yeah. especially now if Charo's playing and there's rumors that Dreslick could be back in the lineup from his head injury, which is astonishing to me too. But if you keep advancing the puck into their areas, now you give yourself a chance to initiate a forecheck and to get some bangs on these guys and talk about the health, as Bruce Cassidy said, of the Boston Bruins. But if you don't, if you turn over the puck and they keep going, we saw it in game one. Of the series. The Boston Bruins looked like men amongst boys mm-hmm. in game one, and all that was was puck management in a hostile environment. So the Blues have to keep it simple, manage their emotions, stay out of the box, and keep moving that puck forward. Robert Bortuzzo is is, uh, is in for Joel Edmondson tonight. You thought that this might actually happen for game number four, so this is not surprising to you. Vanilla Ice Cream staying in the lineup again. Uh-huh. 
You got to have that vanilla ice cream, baby. Vanilla ice cream. After Gunderson made that great play in game four, I texted both of you guys. I was like, I love vanilla I ice love cream. <laughs> Knocks that out of the air. You're like, God, vanilla ice cream is so good. Why, so, why, is this, why is this move being made for Bortuzzo for, for Edmondson? Well, I don't think it's a secret. Uh, Joel Edmondson has not played his best hockey this final. Why? I don't know. You know, is he injured? I don't think so. You think he's being rattled by Bacchus? I think that maybe he's being preoccupied by not just David Backus, but just the mission as a whole of playing aggressive. And then I find that Joel Edmondson's at his best, and I just said it, is when you when you keep it simple. You know, you don't have to hit cross-ice passes, sauce passes. You don't have to be dynamic. Not when you're Joel Edmondson. You have to be a great first-pass defenseman, which means that you're making a good first pass out of your zone or in transition in a neutral zone and that you're gapping up, stay up at the blue line for the offensive zone, keeping pucks alive on the offense for your forwards, that's when he's at his best. And, he, you know, you're allowed to add the physical element if you're gapping up because that means you're up in the play, you're involved, you have the potential of getting a hit on somebody. I find him backing away from the play a lot, and when it goes D to D, he's moving backwards and trying to make harder plays, which it's a really bad combination because if you're fading away from the play – and you pass one into the middle of the ice and it gets picked off, well, now that momentum is coming at you. You're still fading away, and now you have to put the brakes on and try to get up ice and gap up, which means usually you're going the wrong way on a one-way street, which we know is not good. Right. So your timing is off. Everything is off. You just look like you're out of sync a little bit. So maybe a little readjustment for him here. Craig Berube, I've said it before, he's been like playing with chess with Bobby Fischer. In these playoffs, he does great things for his team with his roster, his management of the players. So I think it works out fine. Robert Bortuzzo was really good, too, last time in Boston. I'm Let's a big not fan. forget that. Absolutely. I'm a so. big fan of Bortuzzo. Uh, a lot of the reason because that dude has his teammates back. He will drop gloves immediately for somebody. He'll go get in a scrum to separate somebody, let's say, Tarasenko from you know one of their one of their big guys or something, and that that goes a long way with me. That loyalty for your teammates goes a long way with me. And let's not forget too, it gives a lefty righty, lefty righty, lefty righty on all three pairs. Before you had two lefties occupying the third D pair. I, I love the fact that there's just enough X's and O's in this podcast, dude. It's it's perfect. You he, know what I mean? He just, and I don't mean to speak to you in the third person, Jamie. But <laughs> as you're breaking right that down, there. right, he's right there. As you're breaking that down, I'm like, dude, I'm doing this podcast and learning about the game, and you it's amazing. What? And I'm genuinely thankful. I have for no that. idea who's going to be in my uh, in in my company when I watch the game tonight. I am using Gap Up. Yeah, I am <laughs> using <laughs> Gap Up. Hey, did you notice right there? Bortz is gapping up. Do you guys see that? No, no. Jamie, <laughs> tell us about coverage tonight yeah coverage is uh, staying consistent fox sports midwest is doing an awesome job of bringing it to the people and tonight we will go on at 6 30 for pregame uh seven o'clock nbc takes over so mm-hmm. we have to hand it off to them uh, and then immediately following the game usually like three four maybe even five minutes at the most we come back on for post game so whenever that is hopefully it's regulation and the blues we're talking about a winner but if it goes overtime one two three four whatever it is We'll stay awake down there, and we'll make sure we bring the coverage. And I think tonight, too, because it's a road game, I believe there'll be social media coverage in the intermissions on Twitter and Facebook Live. Uh, myself and Scott Warman talking about some of the things that are happening. Nice. Man, that is a lot, and I love it. I was actually watching, not this game, but I think it was a game or two ago, I was watching you guys in between periods. I like it. Uh, our our JB uh, Rivers information for today's podcast. Oh, yes, I, I hope Wikipedia is right on this one because I forgot until we got in here. <laughs> uh, your brother's name is Sean. 
Yes. How many, and he was a professional hockey player in the NHL? Yes. How many games did he play in the NHL? Four. You got it. What team? Tampa Bay Lightning. What year? 92-93. Damn it. Look at wow. that right there. Three for three. Well, he is my Man, brother. And he was just point. in town, too. Oh, uh, was he really? Yeah, he came to town. Actually, uh, I told him. I said, well, Jeff Burton. He said, no, thank no, you. Not, <laughs> um, but, yeah. And, uh, no, he, he, he was in town for games three and four. And if oh, they damn. win, possibly... Back for game six. Well, if he comes back, I'll check with my PO, and if everything's cool, we'll get together. There you go. That's parole officer. Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers, Donnie Fandango, the Last Minute Blues podcast, game number five, Stanley Cup final tonight. Thank you, as always, for listening. Let's go, Blues. Peloton, let's go. This holiday... With the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton. Motivation that moves you.